Unlock the full potential with your business with Leadershipity. Our proven strategies have fueled growth for countless organizations. Ready to elevate your leadership and scale your success? Book your free 15-minute consultation now. Click the link in the show notes below and let's make your business soar. There are a ton of life skills that will serve them far beyond the four to six or three to six years that they're, they're going to be in school. Learning how to, to represent yourself as a brand, learning how to represent yourself as a professional, understanding kind of the puts and takes of taxes and financial, you know, decision making and consequences and, and all of the things that kind of come with really managing NIL as it was intended to, to kind of be, I think are, you know, some of the most valuable life skills that you'll receive. And many of them aren't taught in the classrooms, which I, I think in some ways is a, even continues to give athletes new and additional opportunities to, to set themselves apart from their peers because they're, they're going to be doing things professionally now that many of their classmates aren't doing. So yeah, I, I see it as a, as a tremendous learning and education opportunity for, for any athlete that's kind of stepping into this space and, and looking at it through the eyes of how I think we, we like to say NIL was intended, but you know, representing yourself in, in a brand for a monetization benefit, it's something that I think is, is really valuable. Welcome to NIL for You. I'm Rob Finkelstein. I am the founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, where we've created a platform to help alumni network and connect in one centralized location. And uh, we're so excited about this show. Every week we go and talk about NIL for good, and we talk about different types of uh, stories out there. And the big one I always like is uh, our uh, trench tips. And we're real excited today uh, with our special guest, Thomas Thomas, who's going to be uh, talking all about some uh, different uh, forms of education uh, related to NIL. So uh, uh, Trent, uh, how are you doing today? I am awesome, Rob Vinkelstein. Thank you from Alumni Direct uh, to Trent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity and Athletic Influencer Marketing. It's so excited to be here. And I got we got the special guest of Thomas, Thomas Jr., who partners with AIM, who I love, and BasePath. Thomas, how you doing, buddy? Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. Man, I'm excited you are here, brother. So I always love to talk base pass because you've got such a unique space in the NIL space. So first, Thomas, before we get rolling, tell them where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can find us on pretty much any social platform that's out there. If you look for base path NIL and basepath.com is, you know, where we, we live and exist. If you, you want to look at what we're doing and how we're trying to help in the space. Love it. So I'm going to kick us off here, Rob, first question, because base pass Tell us a little bit about exactly how you serve the community because you come at a number of different angles. You kind of have a lead in with the collectives, as I understand it, but yet you serve all of the collective, a vendor, and really the student athlete with one app in, in different forms and capacity. So walk us through that real quick. Yeah, no, of course. And again, appreciate you guys letting me, me share a little bit about it. So our primary focus uh, has been on serving collectives. And I would say even more broadly, operators within the space. Kind of when we came into NIL, we, we noticed that there was, you know, a lot of folks that were out there trying to help bring solutions to, to bring what I would call activation into the space, marketplaces, exchanges, and things like that. 
there were very few folks that were really kind of focused on trying to help make it a lot easier for the folks that were really going out there and driving a lot of these deals and, and kind of bringing new opportunities to athletes. And so that's kind of where we fit in. Uh, we provide software that helps to kind of ease the operational burden for, for these administrators and operators of the collectives themselves. We have dashboards that they kind of you know, live within providing deals, contracts, task management, payment facilitation, tax compliance documentation, and then an app for the athletes that helps them to see you know, what they need to do, when they need to do it, what they're going to make, how it all kind of comes together. And then you know, for the app, on the athlete side, we've actually just recently kind of expanded it to help them to, to get a much broader view of what's going on within their financial lives beyond just the NIL deals that are coming through BasePath, but any NIL deal that they're receiving from any platform that's out there. And we know just from our research, and, and we work with thousands of athletes, that they're typically on anywhere from you know four to seven different platforms at any given time. So a way to help them kind of consolidate their NIL lives in one place is really what we're trying to do and just you know, help them to navigate this ever-changing and complex space, as you guys know. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it that for all you student-athletes, special gift to you today, as you see at the bottom of the screen, Thomas Thomas Jr. offering today the free NIL wallet. If you're out there navigating, hey, how do I do this thing? They've got a fabulous app in BasePath. You simply email thomas at basepath.com, subject line, NIL wallet, he will kick you a link that you can get a free NIL wallet on the BasePath app. It is a fabulous tool. We use it in the AIM education program. You're going to love it. And it's going to really help balance things for you. It gives you clear visibility on where opportunities are coming from, how to manage it, the revenue that's coming in. And of course, there's continuing education always out there through AIM, through BasePath to start talking about wow, hey, I made some money. I'm going to have to pay taxes. All these things that are going to go on off that, and you're going to learn a ton. Rob, what quick question do you have for Thomas before we run into some headlines? Because I want, I want Thomas to do some headlines with us today. Uh, it, it's interesting, uh, this whole NIL space, and obviously we talk about it on each show. It, maybe just take us through the quick genesis of how, how it started you know, with you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it largely came about from, from what I was saying. Like when we came into the space, we were actually a little bit late we probably started at the end of 2021. So probably six months after the gavel dropped on this whole you know, industry. And at the time when we were kind of looking at what the industry really needed, you know, we were thinking we were going to create a marketplace and a place where athletes can find brands and so on and such. And that market was largely saturated. I mean, there are, I'm not kidding you, dozens of different products and, and services and softwares out there that help to do that. And, you know, instead of being just another one of those. We we wanted to to really kind of help add some incremental value to this space, and we came to understand one of our you know investors is a guy who who works closely with some big nil providers, and we came to to kind of recognize that their lives were not all that simple. You know, managing hundreds of athletes and thousands of transactions, and you know, upwards of millions of dollars in payments. It's a big order, and and a lot of folks that are in the space are largely doing this as a passion project. You know, I think you're starting to see the professionalization of it kind of come with time. But these folks were just like building out spreadsheets and kind of managing it themselves, and and we felt like we could offer them some tools to make their life a whole lot easier. And so that was really it. We we found a spot in the market that we thought needed some some real attention, and just dove in. And we were very fortunate in that. You know, shortly after that, these things called collectives started popping up, and they were doing exactly the same thing that 
you know, we were helping some of these other folks with, which was, hey, we're going to help to create, you know, sports marketing agency, a collective, whatever you want to call it. We're managing hundreds of athletes, thousands of deals and tasks, millions of dollars in payments. We need some help to, to do that. And now we want to start raising money through members and donors and fans and subscribers. And that's kind of coming in on that side of the, the house too. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, that's great. I mean, it's almost, I guess, kind of like a, like a hub spot, right? Something, yeah, you know, just specifically geared towards NIL. So we're, we're going to get into a lot more uh, questions um, with Thomas uh, in a little bit here, but we want to cover, start out covering uh, NIL for quick. And we always talk about that on uh, each episode. And uh, there's an uh, interesting article here that uh, Trent's going to bring up re- related to uh, Shake Shack and Altius uh, teaming up uh, on a new NIL campaign. Yeah, I love this. Um, Shake Shack, is this uh, it's coming through? Yeah, we we got. It. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing here is what they're doing is they're they're uh, starting. A, it's called um, the program is called Stand for Something Good Athlete of the Month, and they're highlighting ten different universities: Colorado, LSU, Marquette, North Carolina, Ohio State, Penn, Stanford, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. And each month, they're going to highlight a specific athlete in that, and uh, they they got some pretty cool things, you know, to the athletes, giving them. Uh, yeah, some different Shake Shack type things, which I'm sure these athletes uh, definitely love. So, uh, uh, Trent, any thoughts on this one? Well, I think it kind of comes back off of our, you know, we saw last week, our last episode, we talked about Indiana University and their commitment to all these athletes who have actually leaned in on, on a charity of choice kind of thing. And so we see this now with the uh, NIL for Good World, right, about how well they're doing you know, doing this. And, and I think it's one of those things, Thomas, and I'd love you to talk about it is, you know, everyone's kind of got this down view of, oh, NIL, it's a money grab for kids and blah, blah, blah. And you and I both know, we've talked a lot about this. I, I am an entrepreneur at heart and I love the skill sets that these kids are learning through this operation of being an NIL educated person from sales to marketing to customer service to document management, which you guys help people do. What, what's your view of NIL for good and the, and the many lessons that these kids are getting? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, there, there are a ton of life skills that will serve them far beyond the four to six or three to six years that they're, they're going to be in school. Learning how to, to represent yourself as a brand, learning how to represent yourself as a professional, understanding kind of the puts and takes of taxes and financial, you know, decision making and consequences and, and all of the things that kind of come with really managing NIL as it was intended to to kind of be, I think are, you know, some of the most valuable life skills that you'll receive. And many of them aren't taught in the classrooms, which I, I think in some ways is a even continues to give athletes new and additional opportunities to to set themselves apart from their peers because they're they're going to be doing things professionally now that many of their classmates aren't doing. So yeah, I, I see it as a as a tremendous learning and education opportunity for for any athlete that's kind of stepping into this space and and looking at it through the eyes of how I think we we like to say NIL was intended, but you know, representing yourself in, in a brand for a monetization benefit, it's something that I think is is really valuable. Yeah, I'd like to pivot real quick before we go into some other articles about Alumni Direct. Because once once these kids actually are getting out of school, they become alumni. They got to go out into that workforce and talk about being an athlete and where where's your perfect first network 
is the university you just came out of. So Rob, talk to us a little bit about Alumni Direct. I know you guys are offering a 30-day free trial right now available on your website, which is, you know, for any kid coming out of school and looking for opportunity in a tough market, this is great. Yeah, I think it, it's important to tap into alumni. Alumni want to help. And I, you know, I, my experience in the past is that I was a president of my alumni club for University of Delaware in South Florida. And when I meet a fellow alumni, I just, it's like, what can I do to help? They're pretty cool because they, yeah, they went to the same university, probably grew up in the same area. But I, it's important to utilize those resources. And even from an athlete perspective, I think a lot of times alumni athletes kind of get forgotten. And so what we've done is we've created an athlete's corner in our college community centers to give them a, a place where they can highlight their brand, uh, you know, whether it's current athletes under NIL or whether it's, um, you know, alumni athletes, but giving that space where alumni will at least, you know, look and focus on their product and service. But I definitely um, encourage people to utilize it when you're networking, connecting a, a big part of uh, people that want to help is your, your alumni group. Thomas, tell us a little bit about your alumni experience. I mean, you're a college grad, you know, where did you go? And and just tell us a sure. story about some of the interactive yeah. there. Well, I'll also tell you too, just as far as NIL is concerned, yeah, the networking aspect of that is tremendous. So many people, particularly in the you know, in the world of NAL are trying to give back to the schools that they love and to the athletes of those schools that they love. And so there's a huge opportunity um, for athletes to kind of connect into that network in a meaningful way that they've probably not had prior to kind of this changeover. Yeah, for myself, I went to Grand Valley State University, uh, right down the road. I'm sitting in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And then I, I got my MBA from, from the University of Notre Dame. In both cases, I, I had great alumni networks. My jobs were from folks that I knew at school and were able to kind of get me into to places that I, that I wanted to go. And I have a, a tremendous amount of love for, for both, both places and, and the people that I met both in school and then kind of you know, branching out into the alumni networks that exist within them. Awesome. Rob, take us through this next one, this next article, which uh, I think is, you know, near and dear to my heart. Yeah, NIL, the, the transfer portal, just talking about the whole mental health aspects of it. And it, it's interesting, you know, I've, I've talked about this on some of my other podcasts as well, is that uh, just the influence of social media. And so obviously social media is a big part of uh, NIL uh, playing into that. And there's a lot of stress that are put on athletes. I mean, they just, they're just they going through uh, this whole process, everything they've got in general, um, that they face uh, hurdles with, with sports and, and mixing that with school and everything else. And now uh, NIL just brings another twist to that. Uh, and, and there's both positives and negatives. So they're talking about how you know, athletes can you know, utilize help. And uh, it, it's, the, the importance of mental health is just critical. Yeah, I think this is really a tough one because I know, you know there, there's a real challenge in this environment. One is the fact that, you know, first of all, a lot of people don't know that's only like 30 to 35% of people get in the portal, go into the portal, come out to another team and another organization, another, another college. So this isn't a guaranteed success. And then uh, it's a stressful environment anyway. They're leaving a school that they thought, hey, this is going to be great. Someone asked me to come here and it's going to be fabulous for me, right? And then, and then it's not. And that's okay, but it sucks at the time. And so when you see that, I think that it's a, it's a really kind of stressful environment. And then let's throw some kerosene on that fire. And when people start using words like, oh, this is tampering, they coerced 
Trent to go into the portal so they could get him over at the University of blah, blah. And it's like, come on, man. Like, it's so exhausting that I can't imagine what coaches, kids, parents are all just trying to go through in this. Because at the end of the day, for me, the alignment is, is that the kid wants to play at a school where he feels valued and the coach believes in him in a better environment. Or it may simply be, I want to study computer science and work for a brilliant guy like Thomas one day where we're the back-end support for all these NIL and these universities. And my current university doesn't offer that. I may love my team, but I can go play basketball down the street or another state and get the degree I really want. So, you know, all of us have different motives and different reasons for why we're utilizing the tools that are there. I think there's a lot of judgment around and I find it the judgment exhausting. But Thomas, I would love to have your input on this because, you know, it's it's a challenging environment. Sure. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I think the transfer portal just generally is pretty crazy on its own. When you layer in the fact that fans now are able to to kind of provide their opinions and thoughts in real time of what they think about kids largely. I mean, we're we're talking about teenagers to early 20-something kids to young adults. It's tough. And I, and I mean, even beyond the transfer portal, you know, you miss a pass, you, you know, have an error, you ball goes through your legs. I mean, you're hearing about it from 14 different, you know, in 14 different ways in real time. Like when you step off of that, that field of play. And, and I know that for these athletes, you know, they're just trying to do what they love and, you know, chase their passions for, for playing the, the game that they really care about and, and are really talented at. The transfer portal has with it its own complexities. I think, Trent, the point that you made is one that is really important, I think, for, for a lot of these you know, young men and women to understand, which is you know, going into the transfer portal is one thing. You may not come out the other side, and you may end up you know, burning the bridge back to be able to, to play a sport for the next couple of years because you may be getting advice from whether it's an agent or a parent or an, a guardian or uncle or aunt, whomever, telling you that there's a big pot of gold waiting for you on the other side of this thing. I mean, I, I think we're starting to see kind of the immaturity of college sports that a lot of professional sports have kind of largely come to understand, which is, listen, there's a an attrition factor to, to athletes. You know, there's a drop-off and, and kids will get kind of spit up and shoot out. Like, that is also true in college athletics. You, you don't just all of a sudden find yourself on the other side of, you know, a transfer portal and, and are guaranteed a, a great deal or a great school or a great opportunity, uh, whether it's for playing time or for an NIL opportunity or whatever, the stars don't always align. So I think having more education and, and allowing these athletes to go in with more eyes wide open, I think is is something that also helps. And And to me, you're getting a lot more folks that are kind of trying to move them in a direction that, you know, I think they, they're trying to, you know, optimize their value, but in many ways, maybe destroying it at that expense. So it's, yeah, certainly something that is crazier than ever because an NIL, you know, in, in many ways does exacerbate it because now you're thinking, Hey, I'm going to go to a different opportunity to play more plus make more. It does change the balance a little bit as someone is making a, a decision in that respect. But it also leaves a lot of young men and women out in the cold. What happens if you don't uh, get taken? So you are you now out of your other school? I guess you kind of, like you said, you burn your bridge with your... your no, school. so I mean, so you can come back and some okay. folks will will take you back. But, you know, we know other... I mean, I've, I've heard of secondhand examples where 
hey, you go into the transfer portal and that's it. Like, good luck. And yeah. you're on your own. Like, go find something better. Others that are just saying like, okay, great, come on back. Like, great that you took a shot. If it didn't work, like, we still love you here. Is there a time period for the transfer portal or? Yeah, it's a, it's a set time. I want to say, I, I don't know the exact dates, but it's, you know, when it's going on, it's crazy. Like it, it's going on. You know. I believe it opens on Monday, yeah. December 4th. And you're seeing these trickles right now of athletes that have entered the portal, right? So, yeah. so the showcase is open, but right. uh, it, it won't be official until the 4th where you could actually contact someone. So we have, of course, the Big Ten Championship, the SEC Championship, everything is this Saturday, right? There's a bunch of big games. And of course, the college playoffs in Division Two are going on. Your Grand Valley team is uh, in the Lakers this weekend. Go Lakers. And a shout out to the Lakers. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's a big challenge. But, you know, for, for that Division Two, Division Three, you know, December, January, early February are heavy. This is heavy recruiting time because you're trying to compete against the, the power five and the division ones of the world. That's not coming when, when it's go time, because all those kids are out front. This is their kind of go time and this transfer portal opens up. And so it creates new opportunity. To me, it's one of those things that goes back to, you know, Hey, good and bad. There's opportunity in both, right? So uh, it's bad for someone maybe, but there's opportunity for someone else, right? It, it's good for another. So there are challenges in it, but you know, I, I think I think we got to leave our judgments at the sideline. And everyone, I think Thomas, you hit on it. Like everyone's got thumbs and gets on and going, rah, 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 rah. this kid is disloyal because of this and that. Like you don't know. That. Now, is is the transfer portal specific at different times of year per sport, or just this is open for all sports at this time? Uh, I do not know the answer. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I mean, obviously, like right now, everybody's talking about football, but I, I was yeah. curious. Yeah. Like, I, think it, I think it is different for different sports. Um, yeah, I don't think the transfer open is opening for basketball yeah. on December 4th. Okay, Correct. Just be, yeah. Yeah. gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into our next one. Hey, thank you for the shout-out on a uh, little education. They're so important. I appreciate you emphasizing that, Thomas, Thomas Jr., because at... Aim for NIL Academy, we are always talking about education. Check the bottom. Go to aimfornil.podia.com. 25% off the NIL Academy. Use code nil for you on this podcast. We'd love to have you there. Always trying to educate. We are very focused on the parents, the high school athletes. As we see, Michigan's now in legislation, headed to Senate to get their approval for the state. So we'll see how long that takes. <laughs> but uh, But it's in the process, right? So... And now I believe there's 33 states at the high school level that are allowing NIL education. And even if your state is not allowing that, as a future collegiate athlete, you want to get that education now because having tools like your NIL wallet that's being offered to you today for free and having those things in place so that when you get there, man, you're going to hit the ground running and really create more value as opposed to getting to campus and, and learning the dorm, the, the school schedules, what the coach expects of you, the training table, the practice, the workouts, everything's new and a new schedule. Why would you want to add NIL at that point when you could get that all pre in advance of uh, with guys like Trent and Thomas and other people out there in the network that will provide that for you? So please lean into that. And with that, let's jump into 
last two headlines here before we go to Thomas's tips here. Don't want to get some Thomas education tips for the day. Yeah, we, we're Trent, Trent's tips or Thomas's tips today. <laughs> we're going Thomas. Yeah, I, I'm transferring to Thomas's tips today. And I'm leading with this, oh, hey, let's do a revenue sharing model for all the athletes, which, of course, I find, you know, Rob, that this is, in theory, a really cool idea, right? That, oh, we just revenue share because we know the TV contracts are massive and all these things. But, wow, I mean, the complexity of the value of the athlete, who's on TV and who's not, and all these things. You know, we can say anything we want out to the media and the press, but taking something from a concept to an execution, an entrepreneur like you, Thomas, can really speak to this. Like, there's a bunch of concepts in the NIL world, but taking to that to an execution are, are two very different things. But Rob, what's your feeling on this first? It's interesting. I think it's almost like, think about the, the major sports leagues, you know, they're doing, you know, different, uh, you know, shares. And I think, you know, some of these small market teams, it gets very controversial. I mean, think about all these small market teams and, you know, they're not spending the money and they're tanking and doing different things. I mean, I think it, it opens up Pandora's box uh, a little bit because you're right. I think now you're going to talk about all these big schools and they're saying, hey, well, we're making all this big money. Why should we share it with smaller schools? And then there's also a thing in there about Title IX, which we talked about on, I think it was last week or the week before the show, just of, you know, being fair to you know, are the female athletes, uh, you know, their teams getting paid as much as the male teams? I think there's a lot to it and it can open up a lot of controversial things. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you, Thomas, when I think about this $1.4 billion in annual revenue, just by the expanded college football playoff, man, there's a lot of money out there, man. I mean, it's just getting the zonkers, right? So what is your view on this thing? Yeah, I think it's largely an inevitability. I think how it actually kind of shakes out is going to be, you know, really where where the devil lies. Like it, it's in the details here. Yeah, Title Nine is, I think, the most popular kind of like. Well, we don't know how to figure it out with Title Nine. I don't know. It, it's an interesting one to me. Like in in many ways, state institutions are already kind of showing a a disparity within. I think. You know, men's and women's sports, if you just look at coaches' salaries, like a, a basketball, men's basketball coaches make, I don't know the exact numbers, but you know, it's anywhere from three to four X what women's basketball coaches make. Like, why is that not a Title IX issue if it's going to be the same for you know men's and women's basketball players if they're all kind of considered employees? I think really kind of where it gets a bit messier is when they are employees. And if you do have to go down kind of the employment track because... I mean, we work with some some institutions or, you know, very closely with some institutions that are state schools. If you want to be an employee of a state school, you have to have a 20-day open request for a proposal. Like, you have to keep, like, are, do you want to tell me that, like, the starting quarterback is going to have to put himself in a pool with 20 other folks and, hey, everyone's applying to be the, the starting QB for school yeah. XYZ? Like, yeah. No, it's it's gonna have to. You're gonna have to have some state laws probably change in order for this stuff to to work in the way that it would need to. And I do think, yeah, the Title IX question is an important one. It's something that I think will will be, you know, addressed by people much smarter than than myself, certainly. But um, yeah, I think you also have to run into run down the, you know, the rabbit hole of like, okay, if you are gonna take away for better or worse, athletic departments and college athletics have built themselves under the assumption that 
they maintain the revenue and they've built their cost structures accordingly. So that cost structure includes things like, you know, staff and coaches' salaries. It also includes things like scholarships and room and board and meals and a whole bunch of like state-of-the-art training facilities and things like that. You know, if that money now needs to be distributed out to athletes, it's not as if like this is a zero-sum game. Like there are dollars or they're not dollars. And it's not as if like the schools can snap their fingers and say, like, okay, hey, we'll just like pass along every dollar from from one bucket to the other and we'll still keep it over there. You are gonna have to make you know, difficult decisions and in many cases, probably cuts to afford to pay the athletes. I think, again, that that all kind of comes in to, to consideration here. And I don't know that anyone has really kind of cracked the code on how this is all going to work. But I do think we're just we're trending towards rev sharing is is being a part of college athletics at, at some points. And whether that's, you know, the NCAA's litigation kind of running into a, a Supreme Court that ultimately makes that decision for them, whether it's, you know, conferences, you know, creating their own new division and they handle it themselves or, or whatever, it's it's probably going to end up happening in our lifetime and probably not too distant future. Yeah, I think this is a, a really complex issue. And I and I think I think the employee actually is a bigger complexity actually than this. Um because we've seen revenue share models work a long time. NPS like revenue sharing is already working in this model. Universities are taking in millions of dollars that are, by the way, the entire university educational system benefits. Yes, they earmark funds for the athletic department, which is a big value driver. They're bringing in revenue, but that revenue is often dispersed <laughs> across the science department, the law department. Like, do not think that these universities do not benefit which is one of the investments they're making in a Nick Saban, in a coach that's bringing a lot of revenue stream to the market. Because I could tell you, looking at the University of Alabama, talk to someone on their internal campus about their success on the football field and the correlation to student applications, amount of money into those each of those educational departments that now have new budgets because of this. Like, don't sell that, hey, this is just going to one athletic department because that is not the case. So I do think there's some real complexities here for sure. It's going to be interesting. I do think there's revenue models that are out there that are interesting that will play. But I want to move because we don't have much time more with you. So I want to move with the Razorbacks get the NIL collective booth, the launch of Arkansas Edge. And of course, the Arkansas Edge is powered by BasePen. Talk to us, Thomas. What do we think? Yeah, no, really excited to see this. So Blueprint Sports are, you know, the ones that are are really stepping in to, to kind of consolidate the NIL world for Arkansas student athletes. And, and obviously we we help to to kind of power their collective. So yeah, super excited to see this one. You know a lot of the the folks on on the campus there. And this has been something that's been in the works for, you know, many, many months. And so really excited to see it kind of come together. And I think it's gonna be you know, a great way to to help kind of bring the the focus of NIL at Arkansas to to drive more value for for both the community and the student athletes that you know, this this collective is is there to serve. Rob, I really love the fact like in this thing, they they call a couple of really good groups together with Blueprint Sports and Basepath, aligning themselves with high quality companies. Smart. Now, here's another NIL for good. I see like in the agreement, each athlete 
coming alongside and promoting the United Way of Northern Arkansas for the Arkansas 211 Day. I mean, this is just cool stuff that I think so much of the public are missing because they think it's all pay to play and NIL. There's there's a lot of money going to a lot of good as part of this thing. And I just don't think that should get overlooked. Yeah, that definitely needs to be highlighted. And that, that's what we like to do on each one of these. So let's, uh, why don't we, Trent, let's get some quick Thomas tips, maybe ask, uh, ask some questions. I know we've talked about a little bit uh, off air. Let's, uh, let's, let's dig in. All right, Thomas. Yeah, what I would like to talk about, Thomas, is probably, well, you could do Thomas tips. You can talk about whatever you want, man. I don't, I don't need it. But I'd, love, <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit more about how, because the NIL collectives have talked and, and come alongside Faith Path, the impact of that ripple and the value that all these organizations are getting. Yeah, happy to talk about that. I'll also just quickly touching on the last point you made. Yeah, the Blueprint guys do incredible work really bringing the community into a lot of these collectives and they, they have collectives obviously all across the country. You know, they just announced the ones at Kansas and Penn State and Maryland. They have a, a really intentional focus on doing good for, for not just the athletes, but also the communities that they're a part of. And, and then a lot of that comes in charitable work for the state and region that they're, they're a part of. Yeah, as, as far as what we do to help to support kind of our, our collectives and, and their missions, you know, it largely comes back to the focus of how do we make the lives for the student athletes as, as meaningful and impactful as possible. So whether that's providing them new opportunities, whether that's helping educate them on how to improve their marketability, their financial acumen, their you know networking and life skills. Those are all things that we're really proud to be able to, to take part in. And then obviously helping to ease the, the administrative burden for the, the folks that are having to really kind of live in this world day to day. Love it. Thomas, are there, uh, the, you know, I've seen different uh, schools have multiple collectives. Is, is that something that's kind of changing and, and consolidating like, like we saw this thing with Arkansas? Yeah, I think you're starting to see a consolidation, you know, trend. It's been going on for probably around six, eight months now. Uh, I think when NIL kind of started and particularly when collectives kind of came to be, you had folks that were, hey, I just want to help and I want to do something. And, you know, a lot of these guys who are starting these collectives and are entrepreneurs or business folks in their own right. And so their direction is to act. And so they took action, they did something, they built something. And I think as they've started to to learn a little bit more about the industry, there is benefit in just kind of you know, joining forces and consolidating kind of the, the base in many ways to help obviously the athletes to have some simplicity so that they're not having to go to four different places to kind of manage their NIL lives, but also for the the fans in the community to get behind the NIL efforts of that campus. We had some campuses where you had three or four different collectives and fans are like, okay, well, who do I actually give yeah. to to support? So I think this kind of trend of consolidation is is one that is, you know, continuing to drive more and more value, not only for the athletes, but also for the, you know, the fans and the communities that, that they're a part of. Last tip, wallet. Wallet for the student athlete. These kids got a lot going on. What's the number one benefit from having that wallet available right on their app? Yeah, I would say it allows you to see your entire NIL life in one place and to disclose everything that you have going on, you know, with the push of a thumb. So that is something that the NCAA has already kind of said that will be going into their bylaws probably in January at latest in June, July. 
you know, you will have to to disclose all of your NIL activities within 30 days. And so having a place where you can kind of view that entire world in one simple automated way, I think is something that's going to be really helpful to a lot of the athletes out there. Awesome. Thomas, Thomas Jr., Base Path, thank you so much for joining us. Rob, oh, take guys, it away. Can't thank you enough. Yeah, Thomas, this has been great. And, uh, you know, e- each week we, we look to have, uh, you know, just bring meaningful guests on like Thomas and just sharing. Uh, I think the big takeaway for me is just uh, on the education side, like we like Trent's been focusing on and you know, with Trent's tips and everything else. But just uh, there's a lot of great things with NIL. And, and each week, I think we uh, have the just opportunity to hear from different people and different stories and understand. So make, make sure that you're uh, reaching out and, and listening and watching us on NIL for you. Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.